So we are continuing with our serious encounters with Jesus Christ. We are going through the New Testament, through the Gospels, focusing on those encounters of Jesus Christ. And as you, as we go through this, when you look in the scriptures and all the passages that we have read, you will realize that uh, there are times when Jesus goes to the people. Like when he went to this man who was uh, paralyzed all his life for 38 years. That man could not come to Jesus. Jesus went to him. But there are also places where people come to Christ. Okay. So we see Jesus going to people and we see people coming to Jesus. And in all cases, Jesus still ministers to them. One of the hardest things I have seen with Christians, especially the ones that have been Christians for some time, is that it's so difficult for them to approach God's word with an open mind. We are all tempted to bring our understanding and our theology to the scriptures. We read God's word with a conclusion in mind. And every time we do that, we miss what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. We miss what God wants to reveal to us. We block ourselves from experiencing his living word. And my encouragement to you and to all believers is that every time you read the scripture, do it with an open mind. Let the Holy Spirit who teaches us lead you into understanding what God is saying. That's why every time we read the scripture, we ask God to illuminate our minds, to give us an understanding. You cannot do that when you have a conclusion in mind. This is one of the reasons the Pharisees always contradicted Jesus. They knew the scriptures and they had their conclusions in mind. And every time Jesus did something different, they resisted it. This is not what the scripture says. This is not what the law says. That's what happens when we approach God's word with a conclusion in mind. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. If you found it, say amen. amen. 
Matthew chapter 15. I want you to read it from your Bible so that you don't say that was Pastor Valerian's Bible. Because here at Southside Bible Fellowship, we believe that the Bible is God's word. And since we are God's, we are God's children, then the Bible is what? God's word for us. Just, just leave it. Father, we come before you. We acknowledge your presence and your love for us. We know that you intend to make us better. You intend to minister to us, to make us more like your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray that your Holy Spirit who teaches us may enable us to understand your word and to receive your message. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus here has had a confrontation with the Pharisees and the scribes in Matthew chapter 15. And then he decides to withdraw, to go and take some rest. He ends up in a Gentile town, Tyre of Sidon, in Sidon. And, and he finds himself there. He's trying to hide so that he can get some rest, but a woman still finds him. From verse 21, just before we read verse 21, let me again tell you what's happening here. The confrontation he's having with the Pharisees has to do with uncleanliness. He's telling them that uh, that which enters a person does not defile him. So Jesus is focusing on spiritual defilement here. And then he says, but that which comes out of the person, which means it's coming from the heart. And he mentions that in chapter 15. Verse 19, he says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. The reason he's bringing this out is because the Pharisees were so concerned about washing of hands. They were so concerned about their traditions rather than God's word. Something that we do even today. There are Christians who are so focused on traditions rather than what God's word says. Christians today hate one another, churches against churches, denominations against denominations, and the focus has nothing to do with what God is saying. It has everything to do with our traditions and our preferences. And Jesus, in verse 7 of Matthew 15, this is what he says to the Pharisees and the scribes. He says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. 
Isaiah said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely teaching, are merely human rules. They worship me, God is saying through Isaiah, with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus is pointing to the Pharisees. He's pointing out to them. He's had this confrontation. And here now, he meets with, with uh, this woman from verse 21, which gives us the, the passage for our message this morning. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew on a region of Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon. This is a Gentile area. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus was trying to withdraw from people, but this woman finds him, and she comes to him crying out on behalf of her daughter who is possessed by a demon. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Now look at verse 23. Jesus does not answer a word. He doesn't say anything. He hears her, but he does not respond. It would have been easier for this woman at this moment to turn around and go back to where she was coming from. In fact, I think there's a reason Jesus doesn't respond to her because the disciples come to Jesus and urge him, Send her away, for she keeps on crying out after us. Send her away. Now, you should know that this woman is marginalized. She's a woman in the first place, and in that culture, women were looked down upon. And secondly, she's a Gentile, which means she's considered unclean. She's not supposed to be anywhere near Jesus. And then she is crying on behalf of her daughter, another woman. So Jesus doesn't respond to her the disciples make a request to Jesus, send her away because she keeps on crying. She's bothering us. She won't stop asking. Send her away. And listen to what Jesus says. He says to the disciples, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. By saying this, Jesus is actually expressing the attitude of the disciples. 
Yes, he came to the house of Israel. But he came to provide salvation not only to Israel, but to everyone who would believe in him. John tells us uh, when he is introducing Jesus, he tells us, behold the Lamb of God who takes away not the sins of Israel, but the sins of the world. Jesus himself says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world, not for God so loved Israel, not for God so loved some people. He says, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. He gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The disciples are yet to understand that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so when Jesus says, I was sent only to the children of Israel, he is expressing the attitude of the disciples. That's why the disciples want him to send this unknown woman away because she does not belong to the house of Israel. She's not a Jew, she's a Gentile. And this woman is listening. And therefore, she comes to Jesus she kneels before him and she cries again, Lord, help me. The only reason she's able to do this is because she understands that this Jesus does not only belong to Israel, he belongs to us as well. And Jesus again expressing the attitude of the disciples says it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And this woman said, yes, it is, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. There is a deeper understanding here. You know, the gospel was to be brought to the Jews, and then the Jews were supposed to spread it. But when they received it, they wanted to keep it to themselves. When you look at the miracles of food that Jesus did. Every time he fed people, there was food that remained. There always has been an overflow of God's grace. Every time God blesses you. He expects you to be a blessing to someone else. 
So Jesus here tells this woman that it's not good to take the children's food and toss it to the dogs. Because actually that's how women were viewed too. She's an outsider. She's a Gentile. She's like a dog. And probably the disciples are rejoicing at this moment. Yes. Maybe this is where they say amen. (laughs) But this woman has an understanding of Jesus that outshines the Pharisees, the scribes, and even the disciples. She says, I agree with you. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. I agree with you. But every time God provides, there is an overflow. Am I not worthy to receive that overflow? I don't have to receive everything, but I'm going to be comfortable with what is left for me as far as it is from the Lord. Yes, you can give your food to the children. I will be satisfied with the crumbs. And Jesus looks at her and she says, woman, you have great faith. You see, this woman is a picture of you and me. She's a portrait of everyone who understands that they don't deserve the grace of God. She's a portrait of everyone that looks at himself or herself before the Lord and they know that I don't deserve to be loved, I don't deserve to be accepted, I don't deserve anything from you and therefore Lord, if there is anything you're providing, I'm ready for it because I don't deserve it. And God looks at you and he says, you have great faith. And Jesus tells her, you go, your your daughter has been healed. It's a lesson to the scribes and the Pharisees. It is a lesson to the disciples. This Greek-speaking gentle woman, even though she's despised by the religious establishment, Her great faith has been displayed here for us to see. I believe this passage is recorded here to help anyone who does not have faith in Jesus Christ put his or her faith in Jesus Christ. But it is also recorded for For us, believers who are struggling with their faith. She she comes to Jesus because she believes that Jesus is her only hope. And Jesus knows it. 
Jesus knows that this woman believes that I am her only hope. That's why even when he doesn't respond to her, she still stays there. She still keeps on coming. Her faith is great because her faith is unwavering. You know, many of us believers still struggle to trust God, especially when things fail to go the way we want, especially when we don't get what we are looking for. Many believers, faith wavers, shakes when they face difficulties. Some of us come to the Lord not because he is our only hope, but as another hope, as another option. We approach God, but in our minds we are saying, if he doesn't do this, I'm going to find another way. And that's why it's so difficult for many of us to wait on the Lord. Because we approach him, but we also have plan B. This woman doesn't have a plan B. She has one plan, and her plan is Jesus Christ. That's why her faith is great, because it is unwavering faith. How does unwavering faith look like? Let me give you two points here. One, unwavering faith is fixed on the Lord. There is only one way to go. It is fixed on the Lord. Jesus is not her other option. He is her only option. That's why she comes to him. He doesn't respond. She comes to him again. She kneels down. She cries to him. It is fixed on the Lord. I'm going to hang in here until God does something. I am going to wait on the Lord even when it is difficult to do so. I'm going to trust in the Lord even when it is not fashionable to do so. 
I'm going to stand with the Lord in the presence of my friends. I know some of them will look at me and laugh at me at school and in college, but I will still stand with the Lord because I know he is faithful. That's unwavering faith. It's not the kind of faith that depends on circumstances. It's fixed on the Lord. And number two, well, let me give you James chapter 1 verse 8 there. It tells us a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. In fact, you read the previous verses and we are told, let not such a person think he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded, this woman is not double-minded. Number two, unwavering faith is persistent. Unwavering faith is persistent. It does not give up. If you believe that God is able and willing, you cannot give up. If you're praying for your children, you're praying for your sibling, you're praying for someone who does not know the Lord, you minister to them, they're not responding, but you are praying for them. If you believe that God is able and he is willing, you will keep on praying. The day you stop praying is the day you stop believing. Jesus said, ask, knock, seek. Keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. If my mother had stopped praying for me, I don't think I would be here today. And believe me, she had so many reasons to pray for me, but she also had so many reasons to stop praying for me. Sometimes you pray for a person and things get worse rather than getting better. You pray for a sick person, and instead of them getting better, they are dying. And you attempted to stop praying. When you stop praying because what you are praying for is not happening in your way, it's because you don't really understand how God works. Prayer is not just meant to make God do what we want him to do. It's meant to prepare us to accept what God is willing to do. And sometimes what he is willing to do may not be what we are praying for. Sometimes God wants to change us. She keeps coming. She keeps asking because she is persistent. 
She knows that this Jesus is able and he is willing. I'm not going to give up. You know the, the account of Mark chapter 2, the four friends who brought their paralytic friend to Jesus, and when they got to the door, what happened? The, 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 the door was crowded. There was no way in for them. And what did they do? They could have returned home. They could have said, we have done our best. We've looked a long way. It's not our mistake. They could have given up there. But instead, they went to the roof. Persistency. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but because he was short and he was a tax collector and people didn't like him, they were not giving him a chance. In fact, they were pushing him away. He could have given up. But instead, he went and climbed a tree. Persistence. And in the Bible, all the people that show their persistency are commended by Jesus. When Jesus arrived he's in, the, in that crowd, the first person he looked at was Zacchaeus. And he said, Zacchaeus, calm down. Today I'm going to be your guest. In that house, in Mark chapter 2, as he was teaching and the roof was opened... Jesus looked up and the Bible says when he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic man, your sins have been forgiven. Every time we see people who are persistent in the scripture, the Lord commands them. He responds to them. What is it that stops you? What does it take to stop you? You see, whatever, whatever it takes to stop you determines how persistent you are. Whatever force that stops you reveals your strength and your faith. In Jeremiah 29, verse 13, the Lord says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Have you, have you, have you ever sought something with all your heart? You don't give up when you do it with all your heart. You don't need to know everything about the Bible or about Jesus to have unwavering faith. All you need to know is who he is to trust him and to rely on his promises. You don't need to be a theologian. In fact, this passage teaches us that. Now you should know that the, the disciples' attitude wasn't the right kind of attitude. It wasn't. 
It's the kind of attitude that looks down upon others. It's amazing that Jesus comes out. He knows that women are looked down upon, but every time he came across them, he embraced them. The same way he received men is the same way he received women. And women and men in Christ are the same. There is no male, there is no female, Jesus says. In Christ, we are the same. None of us should think that we are better before the Lord because of our gender. So what do we learn from Jesus here? Let me give you two lessons and I'll be done. From Jesus. One, Jesus is willing to accept those who trust in him. He is willing. There is no place in the scripture where Jesus rejects someone who shows, who puts their trust in him. He receives them. He is willing. And I think this woman had this kind of understanding when she, when she comes to Christ. And number two, he extends God's grace across all kinds of boundaries. Gender, racial, and religious boundaries. If you are a Christian and you are struggling to accept others because of their gender, you have a problem with understanding Jesus. If you are a Christian and you are still struggling to accept others because of their race, you have a problem of understanding Jesus. If you are a Christian, and you find yourself struggling to accept others because of their religion, you don't understand Jesus. You may be religious, but your understanding of Jesus needs a new high. Because Jesus was open and welcome to everyone and to anyone. Because he knows the kind of life that he has for them. May God help us to be open and welcoming to everyone, regardless of where they are coming from, regardless of their lifestyle, regardless of their religious background. I really don't care where someone is coming from as long as they are coming to Jesus. Because Jesus has a way of dealing with our past and shaping our future. He has a way of transforming our lives so that we are no longer identified with what we were but we begin to be identified with him. 
He gives us a new identity. I like hearing stories of where people are coming from in their lives. But I take joy when they get to a point and say, and then Jesus came in. And then I encountered Christ. And then I got saved. And then now the story changes. There is a new story that Jesus begins to write with them. A story that gives them a new identity. And that's why I encourage Christians, it doesn't matter where you are coming from. What matters is where you are and where you are going. Where you are coming from, you have already come from. Even though we still have Christians that are still being tormented by their past. We still have Christians that are not enjoying their present because they are still living in their past. Amen. Amen. And you know, the enemy has a way of always bringing your past to mind. Always. He will always remind you. You are trying to make it, and then he tells you, you remember the other day you tried and you failed? You are going to fail again. You are not that good. No. You try to be faithful, and then he reminds you, you remember how unfaithful you are the other day? You are not going to make it. The voice that you choose to listen is the voice that will control you. Jesus is willing to accept those who trust in him and he extends God's grace across all kinds of boundaries. He says in John 6:37, all those the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Here is the point. Jesus rewards unwavering faith. Let me encourage you. Don't give up. If you trust in the Lord, you will face resistance. You will face situations that will want you to stop. Don't give up. I know Christians who have given up in the Lord because something bad happened and how could God allow this to happen and they turned away from the Lord. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you know he is faithful, you know that he loves you, you know that he died for you, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep knocking, keep believing, keep seeking, keep trusting, and one day he will reward you. He will reward your faithfulness. One day you will look back and you'll say, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad 
that I trust in you, that I never turned away from you, that I remained faithful. Jesus rewards unwavering faith. You will be discouraged, but trust in the Lord. Father, I want to thank you this morning. Thank you for your love. I thank you for your faithfulness. I pray for that one person who is here and is yet to trust you. And I pray, Lord, that you may reach unto him or unto her in your own way. But I also want to thank you for the believers that are here. And we know, Lord, there are challenges that we face that makes us want to give up. Father, help us, remind us that you, you want us to persist. You want us to keep coming, to keep crying, to keep asking, to keep on relying on you. And one day you will look at us and say, well done, faithful and good servant. <coughs> You know us where we are. You know the struggles that we face, each one of us, Lord. And I'm praying for your Holy Spirit to minister to us right now. At the point of our needs, may you speak to us. May you meet us. May you minister to us. May you cause us to know your truth, to rely on it, and to be a blessing to others. May you, Lord, accomplish through your word what you intend to accomplish this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.